right, do the intro. Oh, just like that? Dan, just turn it on? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to Crime Shots. I'm Bree. And I'm Nikki. Take it away, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Bree. Today, I am going to tell you about Thomas Bartlett Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Never heard of him. <laughs> This is going to go back a little bit. So this is going to be uh, 2003 in Sugarland, Texas. Mm. Yeah, we're very familiar with Sugarland. Sugarland, I say that all the time. Every town, I'm always like, oh, we're familiar. We're familiar. Well, I'm familiar okay. with this one because Miranda Lambert filmed one of her music videos there. Mm. Okay. Just side note. <laughs> Okay. Sugarland, Texas is a suburb outside of Houston. It's an upper class area. It's right outside of Houston, southwest of Houston. Population is about 120,000. I didn't realize it was that We're, big. Yeah. We're going to go back to December 10th, 2003 in Sugarland. Kent and Trisha Whitaker. They're in their 50s, and they live in Sugarland, and they are at their home with their two sons, Bart and Kevin. Mm -hmm. Bart is 24, and Kevin is 19. Bart is attending Sam Houston State University. Good school. Good school. Kevin is attending Texas A&M. Whoop! <laughs> so, they came together that night at their parents' house in Sugarland to celebrate Bart's recent news that he was done with finals and graduating with honors <gasps> from Sam Houston. Nice. So they were going to celebrate. They went to the house and they were going to go out to dinner uh, and just celebrate that he was graduating. So Kent and Trisha were thrilled. And as a gift, and I'm just going to say this again, this upper class suburb of Houston in mm -hmm. <laughs> Sugarland. Kent and Trisha were excited for Bart graduating, and as a gift, they gave him a Rolex watch. Because so, a regular watch is just not good enough. Absolutely not. Yeah. Okay, so the four of them went to dinner to celebrate after I mean, he gets the watch and they all hop in the car and they go to have dinner. After dinner, they return back to their home in Sugarland and they enter the house and they were met with a masked intruder. Oh, in their house? In their house. They were in, he was in, I say he, the masked intruder was in the house. Yeah, it could easily be a woman. Could, could be. So, Kevin, the brother, the younger brother, is the first one that goes into the house. And he is shot in the chest. <gasps> oh, Trisha, no. Trisha, the mother, goes in second. She is also shot in the chest. <gasps> then, of course, <laughs> then, of course, Kent, the father, mm -hmm. steps inside. <gasps> he, hear, he hears this, right? He hears the shots. Yeah. He steps inside to say, see what's going on. He's shot in the shoulder. Oh, my God. So then Bart, the other son, comes in and sees the intruder running away. 
and Bart goes after the intruder, and the intruder shoots Bart in the shoulder. Oh, oh my gosh, so, this is like the epitome of every like horror film. You hear, don't go towards it. Yeah, don't run towards the intruder. No, like, it's like, and, and you want to scream at him, stop going inside! Stop it! Stop going. <laughs> oh. So, the intruder escapes. He gets out of the house. Bart, who is the older of the brothers and is shot in the shoulder, mm-hmm. calls 911. He tells 911, there was an intruder in the house. I've been shot. My family's been shot. Send somebody. When the police arrive to the house, they pronounce... Kevin, the younger brother, dead. Oh. When when they get there. Trisha is alive and they airlift her, the mother, Trisha, mm-hmm. is alive and they airlift her to the hospital, but she is also pronounced dead. Oh. Kent and Bart, Kent the father and Bart the older son, mm-hmm. are taken to the hospital with their wounds, their shoulder, they both had shoulder wounds uh, from the gunshot, from the intruder. So the police search the house. The house looks to be burglarized. There's drawers gro- gone through. There's a safe that's been broken into. So they look around and it looks like a burglary. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't find any DNA. There's no fingerprints. <gasps> so they are looking. I mean, so they start their investigation. Right. right. After looking into Kent and Bart, they find out that Bart. The older son Mm -hmm. was not about to graduate from Sam Houston. He wasn't even enrolled in Sam Houston. What? Bart, the older son, was kicked out of school. He was on academic probation. So he wasn't even going to school. Mm. But his parents believed he was going to school and they were, you know, fitting the bill and (gasps) paying for him to live. And everything while he's going to school, and he's not actually going to school. Oh, suspicious. <laughs> so, and then he comes up with this, you know, oh, I'm fixing to graduate. I, Ooh, liar. Uh, mm-hmm. So, they start looking into Bart, right? Because they're mm-hmm. like, why is this guy lying? Like, why? Why you lie? Who does that? <laughs> like, how do you think that you're going to get away with that? Listen, we, I would never have gotten away with that. Dad, dad would have known. <laughs> we would have never gotten away with that kind of stuff. No way. Yep. So the police obviously go to Kent, the father, and they tell Kent, like, what is going on? Because after looking into it, your son Bart is not even going to Sam Houston. Mm-hmm. And Kent, the father, is confused. He's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, we were just, we just got him a Rolex. We mm-hmm. took him to dinner. Like, that was the whole point of the evening is to celebrate his graduation. And the cops tell him, like, well, we, you know, we looked into it, and he was kicked out, and he's not even enrolled. He's not going to school. So, not only is he not fixing to graduate, he's not even going to school. Mm-mm-mm. Kent goes and talks to Bart about this. In the hospital, actually, because, you know, the investigators are trying to get some answers a- as soon as they can. Right. So, they go and talk to Kent about this in the hospital. So, Kent actually gets in the wheelchair and wheels down to Bart's room <laughs> to confront him about not going to school. Like, what are you doing? Why are you lying? Yeah, exactly. And I totally would have done that. I would have like, wheel me down there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bart, at this time, I mean, at this point, it, 
he can't hide it anymore, right? He comes clean mm-hmm. and he tells his father he was not graduating and was not going to school. Mm-hmm. Kent, his father, is obviously upset, but at this point, Bart is literally the only family he has left. Mm-hmm. He's lost his wife. He's lost his other son. It's literally them two. So it's like, well, I mean, I guess that's a um, mild event considering compared to everything else that's going on right so they leave the hospital and bart moves in with his father kent in their family home in sugarland he's not in school he's not in school what else is he gonna do right and they they go home together they try to cope with the loss of bart's brother and mother Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kent's wife and son, other son. Seven months after the shooting, investigators have nothing to go on. They still don't have anything. They can't find any evidence. They have nothing at all to go on. Really? Until they get a call from a man named Adam Hip. Hmm. <gasps> Adam is an old roommate of Bart's. Oh, he's going to know some stuff. He's going to know some stuff. (laughs) Well, he tells investigators that Bart approached him years before with a plan to kill his family. (gasps) Listen, why wouldn't he say something back then? Why wouldn't he be like, listen, he could totally be messing around. He could have been drunk. Whatever. But I'm just going to let y'all know. Right. This dude's talking about killing people. I'm just let, I'm putting it on the record now. It could mean nothing. I'm just telling you now. Right. <laughs> just saying. Well, the investigators are stunned, right? So, in the beginning, it's like they first started looking into it. They're like, mm, Bart's a liar because he's not going to school. I mean, to lie about that for that long mm-hmm. and then to do this whole congratulatory dinner and Rolex. Yeah, he took take it pretty far. Watch. Yeah, he took it far. And so, I mean, they know he, he's not honest, right? But when this Adam Hip tells them that he was his, his roommate and he had a plan to kill his parents or his family, investigators decide to go to Kent, Bart's father, mm-hmm. and tell Kent about what's going on see what Kent says. <gasps> Kent refuses to believe this. Refuses. Oh my gosh! She's every like, parent, no, no not my child would never do. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's your child that would do it. <laughs> Investigators are like, "What are we gonna do?" Because we've got this guy who's saying Bart told him this, but we don't have any proof. It's it's gonna be his word against the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So investigators get Adam Hip to make a phone call mm. to Bart. <gasps> so he wants Adam to call Bart. And say, hey, you know, I heard about your mom and your brother. And, man, did you follow through with what we talked about? You know, trying to get him to say something. Yeah. So they record the phone call. Obviously, yeah. Bart doesn't admit to anything. Mm. He's like, stop talking about that. Like, what are you talking about? Stop talking about that. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know. But he offers Adam $20,000 to shut up. Oh, Oh. So that doesn't oh. look suspicious. He's a liar. Uh, so, right after that, Bart disappears. 
disappears. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, his father, Kent, starts to suspect. Oh. (laughs) Now he's suspicious of his lying, (laughs) conniving son. He starts to question (laughs) his son Bart's involvement in the murder of his wife and other son. So Bart disappears, obviously, and it takes, so two years, right? Two years after the murder, investigators get another call with information Mm -hmm. from a man named Steve Champagne. Oh, yeah. He's going to be a straight shooter. (laughs) Steve Champagne is a neighbor of Bart's when he was pretending to go to school. Okay. So he he was... He lived down the... (laughs) So he's Bart's neighbor. (laughs) He tells investigators... What? Uh, Oh, he's going to have something. He's going to have some information. So, Steve calls investigators and says he has a conscience, right? (laughs) (laughs) And he tells investigators that this is Steve, right? Steve Champagne, the neighbor of Bart, Mm -hmm. calls investigators and tells them that he was involved in the shooting. (gasps) Along with Bart's old roommate, Chris Brashear. Brashear, Brashear, Brashear. Brashear. Carl Brashear. (laughs) <laughs> who is that you know what I'm talking about I do know what you're talking about what is it <laughs> you tell me I don't know <laughs> I remember the name that's a lot think <laughs> can't with my life right now what is it what is it I don't know but I'm looking it up oh you're no do you know Yes. Off the top of your head. Yes. Because let me tell you why. Oh, I can picture it. (laughs) The reason is because I figured it out whenever I was first researching this and I heard that name and I was like, wait, I did exactly what you did. You were like, for sure, for sure. I know that. I know that. I know that. What is that? What is that? Carl Brashear. Oh, 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 it's, oh my gosh. It's that actor, that really, really good one. Well, he's not an actor. I know, but he plays Carl Brashear. There's an actor that plays Carl Brashear, yes. Yes, I can see his face. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba. <laughs> you say Cuba. Is it okay. not how you say his name? Well, I mean, it's spelled Cuba, but Cuba, I thought it's Cuba Gooding Jr., but okay. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's a sailor? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, okay. No, it's not we a few good men. Totally, What's the other one? We are totally going off on. What is the name of the movie right now? Tell me what the name of the movie is. No. Because <laughs> you don't know, do you? It's Men of Honor. Men of I, Honor. I, 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 yes. You're supposed to guess it. It's so fun if I tell you. Well, anyway, okay. I, I had the name. I even had the actor. All right, we're gonna get back to the story. So, <laughs> um. So that's where Brashear... Okay, so Steve Champagne was the neighbor Mm -hmm. of Bart, Mm -hmm. right? And Chris Brashear was Bart's old roommate, okay? So that's how they all know each other. So 
Steve tells investigators he was involved. He has a conscience and he can't, I mean, he's got to come clean. So he calls him and says, I was involved and I know Bart was involved. Right. Mm -hmm. So he tells them all this. So they bring him in for questioning and he's like, well, tell us what happened. Tell us what your involvement is. Mm -hmm. I don't trust this guy. I don't trust this guy. (laughs) So Steve tells investigators Mm -hmm. that he was supposed to follow the Whitaker family to dinner while Chris hid in Bart's car in front of the Whitaker home. Mm. Once the family left for dinner, Steve would get out of Bart's car and enter the Whitaker home using Bart's key and alarm code. Stage the house to look like a burglary Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and shoot the family when they came home. Oh, Steven. This is all, and so what Steve says is that Bart wanted to kill his family. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to inherit all this money and he was going to split this money between Steve and Chris. Mm, mm, mm. So Bart gets his roommate and his neighbor to help him kill his family to get this money. Okay. Because he needed so much of it, what with his parents paying his tuition that he wasn't attending school for. and Right. Uh, man. So investigators believe Steve's story, but they need evidence, right? Mm-hmm. They need evidence because they can arrest Bart and they can take him to court. We all know this, mm-hmm. but is it going to hold up in a court of law? So and they really want to much- get one shot, right? Yeah, absolutely, because it's double jeopardy, right? You can't be charged for the same crime twice. Investigators attempt to interview Chris, but he won't talk. They try to they try to get Chris, and they're like, "Hey, come talk to us. You know, this is going to be way better for you if you just go ahead and tell us what's going on." Mm-hmm. And Chris is like, Mm-mm, "I don't know what you're talking." <gasps> what Steve does is he says, "Well, I've got some evidence. If you can find it, if you- he said, "I've got a bag that we tossed, and if you can find it, you know there there's stuff in there." I don't trust this guy. What? <laughs> So he gives them the location of where they dumped a bag with the things used in the shooting. After three searches, divers found a duffel bag (gasps) in Lake Conroe that included ammo that matched the gun used in the shooting, a glove that matched one that was left at the crime scene. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. What a bunch of idiots. They use gloves, but they leave one at the crime scene and put another one in a duffel bag. So, so what, what it sounds like is that when, when, (laughs) stop, okay. So when Chris gets out of Bart's car in front of the Whitaker home after the family leaves for dinner, the glove, police find the glove right by his car. They're assuming it dropped out of the car whenever he opened the door and got out. Because there were no fingerprints on it. Yeah, they didn't get any DNA, fingerprints, nothing. But when he when they when they got done with the job, he was like, I'm gonna save this glove. I'm gonna put this one I can't find the other one, but I'm gonna put this one in the bag with all of the other evidence. Well these are these are not like smart criminals. I mean these are not mastermind 
criminals. Clearly not. You know, they have a conscience and all. Exactly. (laughs) Ammo. So in the bag that they found in in, uh, Lake Conroe is ammo that matches the gun used for the murders. The other glove that matches the one found at the crime scene. A crowbar that matched the marks on the safe that was broken into. (gasps) You can break into a safe with a crowbar? Okay, so not mine. They also find in the bag a cell phone that after researching it and digging into it and trying to figure out because obviously it's been underwater forever Mm -hmm. uh, in this bag. Is it a Nokia? I don't know. Because if it is, it's still working. The phone belongs to Bart. (laughs) In this bag, the phone belongs to Bart. And there's also a water bottle that they find an empty water bottle. The water bottle. <laughs> they open the water bottle and they get DNA out of the inside of the water bottle. It matches Chris Chris Brochier. Oh, so see, they don't even need Steven. They have No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Steve is the one that told the investigators where the bag is. I know, Chris- but Chris is like, "Nope, I don't have nothing to do with it. He's just trying to pin yeah. some stuff on me." Look, they got you, dude. They got you. (laughs) They got you. So, at this point, they have everything they need, right? I mean, this is like open and shut. Yeah. The problem is, they don't have any idea where Bart is. (laughs) He disappeared, remember? Oh, yeah. I forgot about his vanishing act. So, they have a warrant out for his arrest. The police are waiting for Mm -hmm. a tip or something. Yeah. They have nothing. Trying to figure out where Bart is. Can't find him. Then, a man named Rudy Rios. Where are all these people coming from? (laughs) (laughs) So, this Rudy Rios works at a country club near Bart's house. (laughs) He contacts the police and tells them that he sold his identity to Bart... (laughs) And helped him get to Mexico for $2,000. The reason he came forward is because he wanted to collect the $10,000 reward that was being offered for Bart's location. Oh, Oh, can you do that? Can you do what? Well, can he collect the reward when he gave him his identification and helped him get to Mexico? Sure. Or can the cops be like, no, you're not getting nothing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he actually got the money or not. If that's what you're asking. I don't know. I don't know if it works like that. But hey, more power to him. <laughs> now, so the now he's got the reward money plus the 200, two, the two grand to get mm-hmm. the dude to Mexico. <laughs> exactly. After some digging and listening to this Rudy Rios, Mm -hmm. they do find Bart in Mexico, and they bring him back to the United States. Yeah. Bart then confesses to being behind the plot to kill his family. Mm -hmm. So, Bart, obviously, he's arrested. He goes to, to trial. He's found guilty and sentenced to death. He got sentenced to death for murder for hire? He didn't actually pull the trigger. Right. So he didn't actually kill anybody. True. He got sentenced to death for hiring somebody. Yes. Alright. 
So, so Bart's found guilty, and, and this is not over. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. Bart is Bart is found guilty and sentenced to death. Oh. Steve, the driver, is sentenced to fifteen years. <gasps> Chris, the shooter, <gasps> is sentenced to life in prison. To this day, from the beginning, mm-hmm. Kent, Bart's father, is fully supportive of his son. Bart, and it, I say he's fully supportive. So in the beginning, he was like, oh my god, you did this. Like, okay, he, you confessed and you did it. Mm-hmm. But he forgave him. Right. Comple- completely forgave him and said it was he was not on the right path and he's found God since then and he repented and he's definitely sorry. Okay. So, okay. Kent is fully supportive of him mm-hmm. and he believes, you know, he regrets what he did. When when Bart was asked why he wanted to kill his family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He said, quote, the 15 second soundbite answer is I wanted revenge for being alive and I blame them for that. I blame them for who I was instead of blaming me. Unquote. So it sounds like a spoiled little rich kid to me. That's just me. So Kent lobbies the state mm-hmm. to commute Bart's sentence. They tr- they're trying to get his death sentence overturned. Okay. Because Kent says, I can't lose the only immediate family member I have left. This is all I have. And Yeah, okay, but he's the one who took the rest of them from you. So... <laughs> right, but he believes that he regrets it and that he doesn't deserve to die. And he, he said it would be it would be a punishment for Kent, the father... To lose the only person he has left. He tries to lobby the state to commute Bart's death sentence to life instead of being put to death by lethal injection. Mm-hmm. He he tries and tries and tries. He's he's shut down every time. And in a, so the week before he is scheduled to be executed, he makes one last plea to the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles. Mm-hmm. The board recommends clemency, which means they they say, yes, we think that he should be taken off of the death penalty, that we shouldn't put him to death. We should give him life in prison. That's okay. what the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles does. Okay. So they, they, re- they recommend it, right? But the final decision has to come from the governor. Mm. So on execution day, the day he is scheduled to be executed, there is no word from the governor. <gasps> And he has his last meal. He gets ready. And 40 minutes before his execution, Uh Governor Greg Abbott approves the commute to life. (gasps) 40 minutes. 40 minutes. (laughs) So, so Bart Whitaker is now serving a life sentence with no no possibility of parole. And Kent Whitaker, the father, goes and sees him often. Mm-hmm. But he killed his mother. And, well, and I mean, he didn't, he didn't pull the trigger, but he's the reason that his mother and brother are dead. Where, does he, where do people find friends like this? I don't Like, know. there's never a time that I was, like, roommating with somebody and I was like, hey, I need somebody gone. Can you just take care of that for me? And they're like, yeah, dude, no problem. 
I'll mm-hmm. see you at Chili's later. <laughs> and the, I mean, there were psychiatrists that talked to to Bart and tried to figure out like where this come came from because, like I said in the very beginning, they're from Sugarland. It's an upper class, uh, you know, perfect all American upbringing mm-hmm. that he had. I mean, he had every opportunity. I don't I don't want to say every luxury, but I mean, basically every luxury he could have. I mean, they, neither of his parents were abusive. None of them, you know, verbally or physically, just the perfect upbringing. There was nothing. So psychiatrists wanted to talk, wanted to talk to him to see like, what is going on? Like mm-hmm. you had absolutely no reason other than, you know, you had everything and you were a spoiled little. That some of them think he's a psychopath. I mean, he is they they just like nobody can figure out i mean everybody's like why why can't be for money can't be for money it sounds to me and i don't need to go into my long extensive background in psychology but it kind of sounds to me like what you said like a spoiled rich kid yeah i mean it just doesn't like somebody who has been given the luxurious side of life and doesn't see the consequences of wrongdoing exactly yep so i mean that's and what about the other ones they didn't do anything to try to have their sentence changed they just dealt with it no you know i didn't even look into the other two because Mm -hmm. i mean first of all you know the one got the life in prison but um the other got 15 years so i would with this being this happened seven years after so he's gonna get out yeah, you can get out on good behavior. Yeah. So I did mean, that other should... one get life without parole or just life? Uh, he's, he has the possibility of parole in <clears throat> 2035. Mm-hmm. I believe it's 2035. So, yeah. I mean, it's just... It's it's crazy to me. And I look at it from the outside and I think, what? Like, yeah. they gave you every single thing that you could, you know, probably, possibly want. I mean, they took trips to different places. I I just, that's crazy. I can't think of anything other than he's just a spoiled brat. And I hate to say that. I hate to say that, but, I mean, for no no reason. And it can't be for money. It can't be for money. He got a Rolex for graduating college. So, it's not like... You know, he's on hard times and can't, you know, needs money for whatever. Yeah. And you would think that Kent, the father, that's the father, right? Right. You'd think that he'd be more pissed and be like, want harsher, you know, punishments for the other two, at least. Well, he said, um, because he's done interviews over the year and I think he even has a book out, but he said for some reason when he was in the hospital and he knew that his wife and one of his sons was gone he had a wave of just calm and he prayed and he just was forgiving i mean that's i mean that's just that's all that's the word that he's used is I just felt forgiveness. I felt like I needed to forgive, and he had no idea who it was at the time. So, I'm a little bit of a skeptic. He sounds really suspicious to me. Like he was in on the whole thing. 
he was the mastermind behind all of it. And he's like, yeah, sure, my son can go down for it. Don't worry, I'll get you off of death row. He's just chilling. Talking about forgiveness. Ugh. Please. Forgiveness. It's more than saying sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Where the <laughs> hell did that come from? <laughs> that is from a movie. I will have you know. What movie? Teletubbies? No. <laughs> PJ Maxx? No, it's a movie that I watched on the way back from um, Pennsylvania last week. Uh, that movie, Just Friends. Oh, that's a good movie. No, that's not the name of the movie. Oh, what's the name of the movie? What's the name of the movie? I don't know. You're the one who watched it on the way back from Pennsylvania. It's got, it's got Ryan Reynolds in it. I love Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool. I know. No. It wasn't the proposal. It was him and the blonde girl. Man, His I wife? Free guy? I think it is just friends. But that makes me think of that Justin Timberlake movie. Anyway. so Just friends is the one where he's like chunky. Yes! And then and he, he loses, loses a bunch weight. of weight yes. and he's like super yes. awesome sexy. Yes! And he's with the crazy blonde yeah. like musician but she's not really a musician and she writes a song and she's like forgiveness <laughs> more than saying sorry <laughs> anyway okay maybe he watched maybe maybe can't watch that movie and he was like maybe. i'm gonna forgive my son for having my wife and other son murdered <laughs> so just to let everybody out there know i'm not as forgiving as mr kent and if you kill my family i will kill you back Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. I concur. Mm-hmm. I'll yep. look for you. I will find you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. This is so awful. We do... Our family does nothing but movie quotes. Like, that's what we do. It's our thing. And so, just... You're gonna have to just get used to it. So... <laughs> We've refrained so far. We absolutely have. You've done it really well. Uh, yes, we're. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're we're gonna. Well, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we keep if we keep on, this is happening. Keep on keeping on. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, here we go. Gotta keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on dancing all through the night. <laughs> That's from the Brady Bunch movie. On to the next.